Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now. I'm here today with Ruby May. Um, for regular listeners, you may remember our podcast about intimacy a couple of months ago. But today we're here to talk about what the UK government has currently done to the laws on pornography to the extent of banning certain acts which seem extremely misogynistic and just limiting also to people who are into kink and things like that. So we want to speak to Ruby about that today because she has very strong views on it. So hi to you, Ruby. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm I'm good. Yeah, good. And uh, <laughs> also pretty pissed off. Yeah, I heard you haven't slept very well since these <laughs> these laws came in. And what is it doing for you with um, what's going on in terms of your thought process with these new laws? What What's happening for you at the moment? Well, first of all, just to... Um, outline what exactly happened and um, what this is all about. Yeah, that would be great if you could... Yeah. Basically, on the 2nd of December, so earlier this week, a new law came into the UK. So it basically states that the Audiovisual Media Services Regulation Act now regulates what material can be viewed online. So it's more what can be sold and viewed rather than what can actually be produced in the UK. However, it has a huge effect on all uh, kinky porn producers. And so they've come up with a list of things that are prohibited, and this list includes things like spanking, caning, face-sitting, fisting, female ejaculation, and, you know, a, a variety of other sort of BDSM practices. Um, and this has, yeah, made a lot of people rather upset for really understandable reasons. And, you know, it's, it's fucked up on, on a number of different levels. I mean, first of all, just because we have a right for creative expression and, you know, some people might choose to express themselves through certain practices that other people might not particularly understand, but doesn't mean that they're harmful necessarily. Although I'm sure on the surface, you know, if you don't know anything about it, it can look like there's something a bit funny or <laughs> destructive going on but a lot of these or the whole point about BDSM practices is that they're consensual and being done mindfully and that it really is about different ways of expressing pleasure and then the other way in which you know it really activates me makes me angry is because it's very blatantly sexist for example it's fine for a man to ejaculate in pornography but it's not okay for a woman to ejaculate it's fine for um, a woman to be penetrated by multiple penises not okay uh, for a woman to sit on a man's face and you know Steve the year is 2014 and uh, it's just unacceptable that there are people making rules like this that in the name of, of serving people or protecting people um, but actually it's not about that and it goes much deeper I mean, there's so much to explore in terms of what's going on. Going through the list of things that they've put rules on, is there any one of them where you could think, okay, maybe that's not okay, or is it just every single one? I think, you know, it's like anything in life. You can do it um, in a way 
that is really conscious and um, you know what you're doing and you're doing it in a compassionate way or you can do it in a destructive way and some of these practices are edgy you know if you play with strangulation it is an edgy practice being tied up you know using um, implements for creating intense sensation all these things can be edgy but the whole point is that if you really see what's going on rather than seeing it from a distance and have all your judgments and misunderstanding come up. These are practices which are just different ways of uh, creatively expressing oneself, and different ways of uh, giving and receiving pleasure, different ways of uh, connecting, communicating with people. So yes, there are some that are definitely edgy. And um, by trying to suppress it or get rid of it, pretend it's not there, all you're going to do is create even more... Um, interest in it and the interest is going to come out in you know the interest will come out in self-destructive ways because and whenever we try and suppress something um, or you know shame something that's when it becomes destructive um, so all these practices actually can also be done in you know very awake and um, consensual and uh, beautiful ways Mm, yeah, I agree with you on that, Ruby, totally. And um, I'm just thinking in terms of people who are coming across porn for the first time in their lives, young adults, even teenagers, and they find some of these sex acts listed. What will they think? What's, is there any legitimate reason for protecting them? So it's true that um, most young people will probably see their first sexual experiences in pornography um, and you know there probably is a place for um, you know trying to protect young people from seeing things um, that are not serving them um, but what this law is really doing is that it's basically giving the message that mainstream porn is fine and these other alternative practices are not fine and that's just not based on on truth um, mainstream porn is produced in a capitalist framework that um, puts profits over people. It's also pretty misogynist, it's geared towards men, um, it's sort of defining what is normal sex and then it's sort of pathologizing um, other practices um, which actually can be really life-affirming and meaningful and practiced in a really pleasurable way. It's targeting sort of more independent creative pornographers who are really thinking for themselves and making porn that you know life-affirming that is creative that is really um, about people and what this law is actually doing is actually much more destructive than supportive to people. If we go deeper into the issue, isn't it about our relationship with pornography and sex education in general? Wouldn't it be better if we just banned pornography and had better sex education in schools? I mean, is pornography good for us at all? You know, for me, <clears throat> I don't think it's uh, so valuable to discuss whether pornography should or shouldn't exist. It does exist. I think we should be supporting independent creative pornographers, especially female pornographers. <laughs> the world desperately needs female pornographers. And you're right, we should be investing more money, energy, attention 
in our sex education in schools. That's hugely important. And um, I believe that most sex education for children is pretty dire. You know, that we're teaching, we're not really teaching children about pleasure. We're teaching women, we're teaching girls, um, giving them this idea that men are sort of uh, these predators and how you, you know, teaching women to say no. What about, <laughs> you know, when to teach women to say yes? What about teaching about pleasure? Um, what about teaching, you know, a more holistic view of, of sexuality? Um, so, you know, there are lots of ways that we can focus our attention that would be um, positive. I'm definitely with you on this misogynistic point of view that you talk about. I mean, let's look at the act of female ejaculation and why they're banning that. It seems ludicrous that they would ban that and not ban male ejaculation. What is female ejaculation to you and what pleasure and what power can it give to a woman? Well, the, you know, the message, the underlying message um, that this law implicitly gives us is that male pleasure is okay and female pleasure is not okay. You know, female ejaculation is usually accompanied by orgasm and can be incredibly pleasurable for women. Um, fisting is a practice that many women find incredibly pleasurable there is something that is threatening to a lot of men in our current society and historically as well. Um, there is something threatening about uh, women really experiencing pleasure and women really being in their power, women really being in their sexual power. So it's giving the message that there's something not okay about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You can imagine if some of these walls were completely the opposite, that there was no male ejaculation allowed in, in a scene. <laughs> and then there, there was a law that every scene had to finish with a female ejaculation on the man's face. Yes, I want to see creative acts of uh, activism like this. <laughs> I want to see like a... Um, like a, a huge face-sitting <laughs> demonstration outside uh, outside Downing Street or something. That's what I want to see. You know, there's there's a place for uh, getting angry about it, and anger can be good because it, it can act as a catalyst to uh, you know make things happen, to initiate change, to talk about things, to bring things into the light. Um, but I really think it's time for women to just stand up and stop letting themselves be victimised. To you know, to take responsibility for their own pleasure, to not use men anymore as a, a excuse to stay small, and so I feel really passionately about that. Using things like this um, to wake up as women to our responsibility and to our power, and I know it's not easy, <laughs> um, and I know there's a long history of uh, a lot of wounds, but the time is right. Yeah, I agree. And the time is now for men to speak up for women as well. It's patently clear that men have made these rules up to suppress women's pleasure. And it's enough now. I mean, we have people all over the world speaking out for minorities. We have in America a lot of race issues where white people are having to speak out for black people. And here in the UK, we need to speak out for women on these issues. It's The time is now. And... 
we must do something. It it feels like it's a, a current theme in the world. I mean, it always, you know, it has been, <laughs> but particularly at the moment is minorities speaking up and saying enough. It's got to change. Yes. Um, and, you know, the more we have conversations like this, the more we share articles and interviews and content that is bringing themes like sexuality and um, uh, suppression or racism, sexism, you know, the more we share information about this on social media, the more conversations we have, the more we bring these things into the light, you know, the more transformation and healing there can be. The more we try and, you know, suppress things or get rid of them or not be transparent about what's going on the worse it's going to get not the better mm, and ignoring it as well uh, miles jackman on his obscenity lawyer blog eloquently says pornography is the canary in the coal mine of free speech it is the first freedom to die if this assault on liberty is allowed to go unchallenged other freedoms will fall as a consequence I mean, what does that make you think? Yeah, it just inspires in me the thought, why are we so afraid of sex? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? You think if an alien came and landed on our planet and looked at all the um, ways in which we try and like suppress and limit and shame each other sexually, they'd just be like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I think... You know, particularly this law um, coming into being is an invitation for us to really wake up and uh, think about that. And, you know, f for me, it, it makes me th think about the hidden agendas of um, what's actually going on and um, the fear around sexuality in politicians. Because there's, you know, all manner of stuff going on underneath the surface. I think... You know, the, the current conservative government would like to give the impression that they are the guardians of uh, morals in the UK and doing their best to uphold them and protect the people and do good things. And this is an act in the name of that. But it's sort of to detract people from what's actually going on underneath the surface and all the corruption and all the fucked up stuff that is happening within the Conservative Party. Um, I think it's also under the guise of trying to protect people is actually an attempt, um, unconsciously probably, um, of politicians to keep people small and to prevent us from really being free. Because if we were really free, <laughs> we would not be good citizens. We would not support the capitalist workaholic society that we live in. And politicians are people in positions of power who have invested interests in keeping their power. And um, therefore, there's a lot of decisions being made in order to prevent people from really being free. And, you know, people who are really connected to their pleasure, yeah, people who know what bliss is, people who you know, are really able <laughs> to connect with themselves, with each other. Um, these are people who would not make choices necessarily that would support this capitalist society that we live in. And so, you know, I, I see this as decisions being made with a 
you know, definite hidden agenda. Yeah, it's pretty clear there's a hidden agenda here. And for me, it's that misogyny rules in this pornography and there's no balance of power. Men are encouraged to ejaculate all over the place and we can see this visually in the porn and men think they have to do this and this loses male power because we're constantly pushing our seed out there and this is not good for the male body. And then women are not encouraged to be in their own pleasure. So we're both, both sexes are losing power and they just want us to be small. And it's clear that there is some hidden agenda in these pornographic rules. Yes, yes, it's it's tragic. It really is. It's tragic, and at the same time, there are some really wonderful people out there doing really great work. You know, there are lots of pornographers. You know, we like to think that like pornographers are sort of fucked up people who are um, just in it for the money. You know, there are so many intelligent, educated, beautiful pornographers making really human-centered porn. There are lots of sex workers, sexuality professionals who are doing really, really great work, bringing more awareness, uh, spreading a really powerful message of the um, permission to have pleasure, helping people step into their power, helping people to let go of their shame. So I also, you know, I've, I'm angry um, it's a step backwards, but I also have a lot of uh, hope and excitement in all the great stuff that's also happening in the world. And, you know, I, I see this also as an opportunity um, for people. You know, it's a mirror. It's, uh, it's a mirror for us to look in and to say, yeah, not OK anymore. We're going to do something about it. And so, yeah, it's it's beautiful to see people feeling activated. It's beautiful to see people organizing demonstrations, petitions, and more awareness on this on this subject. And the more awareness that we have, the more it's brought into the light, um, the better. So what can people do? I believe there's a petition, is that right? There is a petition which I believe you can only sign if you're a UK resident. Um, then Pandora Blake, who is a spanking pornographer based in the UK, um, I believe her website is Pandora Blake. I want to, if you just Google Pandora Blake, you'll find her. Uh, she also has a suggestion of something else, somewhere you can file a complaint and we can just spam um, all these complaints um, to really make a point. There's a demonstration next Friday in London, I believe. And, you know, I, I sincerely believe there is a place for outward directed activism. There's no doubt about that. However, there is also most definitely a place for inward directed activism and you know we can all do our part by being brave yeah by not allowing ourselves to be defined or shamed by the conditioning we have around us that tells us who we should be and what is normal and what is not normal we can all be brave to just be ourselves and shine ourselves into the world however cheesy that sounds um but I think it's really, really important that we initiate change in the world by also working on ourselves. And you might think, well, you know, what is that going to do? You know, I'm so small. The world is so big. I might feel a bit hopeless. You know, the universe is a really mysterious thing. We have no idea. I think the work that we do on ourselves 
is affecting the world in ways that we can't comprehend. And there's also such a thing as a, a tipping point where, you know, collectively, once we reach a certain level in our awareness, um, we tip beyond a certain threshold and it just spreads like a virus into the world and there's big shifts. And so the work that we do on ourselves could actually be making an impact far beyond what we initially think. Yeah, totally. Inner work is where we need to start. And for those people listening who perhaps don't know where they should start, I really recommend a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza, drjoedispenza.com, and his books, How to Change the Habit of Being Yourself and the Placebo. He's a neuroscientist, meets meditation. He's like Jesus in a science coat, really. And his work is causing a fundamental shift in, in me. And I've been looking at the works of Eckhart Tolle. I started with him many years ago. And then Alan Watts and Osho and all these people. But for someone who really works with logic and science, and so that your mind really comprehends what's going on, you have to check Dr. Joe Dispenza out. So I recommend that. Is there anything you'd recommend, Ruby? And I would just really invite us all to be in a continuous process of self-reflection and self-inquiry to see, you know, what in me is really me and what is my conditioning? How am I um, being defined by who the world tells me I should be and what is normal and not normal. And just looking for where I'm hiding myself, suppressing myself or feel ashamed about certain aspects of me. And, you know, to just be really awake to that and to remind ourselves over and over again that there's nothing to be afraid of and that we are okay as we are, that our sexuality there is no such thing as normal sexuality, that it comes in so many different colours and that the only thing that is bad, really, is to be totally disconnected and from something and suppress it and that all different sexual um, expressions can be expressed in healthy ways. And yeah, it's time we speak up. This assault on our civil liberties has is, is got to come to an end somewhere. I mean... We're just going to become walking zombies and everything will be lost if we don't speak up soon. Now, we don't have any more time. This is ridiculous. Um, and there's so many things across the world. In your country, if you're listening in America or Spain or Australia or China or wherever you're listening, there's going to be something happening that you're going to have to speak out about and... Are you just going to be walked on or are you going to make a difference? Is there anything else you want to add, Ruby, before we finish? Oh, I just want to say thank you for drawing, uh, for also playing your part and drawing people's attention to this. And, yeah, I feel so strongly that it's affecting not just a small minority of kinky people. First of all, there is no small minority of kinky people. That's what we'd like to think. But also... It affects everyone because it's another example of people making decisions in the name of serving us, but actually having hidden agendas. And that really does affect all of us. And it's time to wake up and, uh, and say something about it. 
Yeah, and the more we speak out, the better. I recommend checking out Russell Brown's YouTube channel for more stuff that we all need to speak out about. Steve, we should get Russell Brown to make a truce on the government's uh, hidden agenda in the Cornwalls. Do you know him? You should hook me up with him, for real. I don't know him yet, <laughs> but... Uh, okay, anyone out there who's got Russell Brown's email address or phone number, give it to me, okay? <laughs> yeah, get Ruby on truce, which is his, yeah. his YouTube channel. Um, because he he is a prime example of speaking up, and if we all turn into some version, our own version of Russell, then... <laughs> then the world would be a better place. The world would certainly shift, that's for sure. So, everyone, the time is now. There is no other time. It's time to speak up for what our inner truth is. Find your inner truth and find others who believe the same thing, and let's start making movements around the world thank you for listening did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now for the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts bonus videos and exclusive articles head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now